I've never gotten the opportunity to work in a festival like this with the mandate that uproar has. I do feel that festivals like these and the mandate that they carry within supporting women and non-binary artists is important and valuable. I view these types of festivals that I've seen in the past as kind of like the the foundation of where people can springboard into further developments. So having the opportunity to test the waters of a piece here as a, as a woman or as a non-binary or a transgendered person, um, you get the opportunity to test the waters with a piece that maybe wouldn't have gotten the chance to be tested um, somewhere else. Hi, I'm Liz A, and welcome to Festivals 101. Every episode, I take a look at a different local festival and explore what lies below the surface of all the fun, what their goal is, the creative ways they use to accomplish that goal, and how they're making a difference in the lives of their patrons. This week, I'm taking a look at the Uproar Arts Festival, a multidisciplinary arts festival showcasing art from cis and trans women and non-binary people in Ottawa. The festival has had programming ranging from visual art to burlesque, and even though they only started last year, they've already made quite the splash. Today, I'll be investigating the reasons this festival exists, and looking at how gender has played a role for many women and non-binary people working in arts industries. How have these people felt that gender has affected their opportunities? What are the challenges faced by women and non-binary people today? And how is Uproar helping in the community? Monica Bradford Lee is the co-founder of Uproar and handles marketing and communications for the festival. She's also a multidisciplinary artist herself, though she spends most of her time working with the Spicy Day Theatre Company, of which she is the co-artistic director. Honestly, you know, it's only been two years now, really, that we've been operating, and it, it is such a fuzzy feeling to, you know, uh, have been able to engage with all of these artists. I feel so privileged. They're all so cool. Um, um, but you know, actually the first thing that comes to mind is even, I think back to our fundraiser that we hosted in 2018 and, um, it was just really inspiring to see, you know, it was hosted at Black Squirrel Books over in Old Ottawa South and, um, the room was jam packed full with, you know, full, full, full with folks who believed in this idea and, uh, wanted to see it succeed and we had you know a silent auction and artists performing and art for auction and um it was a really exciting kickoff to see ah there's interest there's support there's love for this idea and also we were able to immediately see you know um these artists who are here at performing or presenting art at our fundraiser feel heard and feel valued i mean i feel like there's kind of two sides to our festival there's you know, supporting cis and trans women, non-binary artists, um, which is huge. Like there aren't really spaces around here in the arts that are dedicated to elevating exclusively those voices. Um, And to that, I think it just goes back to, you know, art. Um, Like, I don't know. I don't know the voices that are often perhaps prioritized in mainstream art and then how that, how that trickles down perhaps. Um, But then the flip side is having this multidisciplinary festival, which, um, Ottawa is an awesome festival city. We have Blues Fest, we have the Tulip Festival with the tulips, and we have, you know, um, the French Festival with tons of theater and cool live art, but um, nothing that's truly mandated and dedicated to presenting 
you know, dance and poetry and visual art and, you know, burlesque all in the same place. Um, and that's something that, you know, we really felt passionate about when we uh, conceived of uproar and something that we're really excited to still see um, seems to be a success so far because it's just, you know, m many of us, right, we're not, um, we love, you know, theater, but also love music. So it's really cool uh, to have this space to really have um, a meeting crossroads of all these different art types. Uproar fills an important niche in the community by showcasing art by women and non-binary artists. But why is there a lack of support for these artists in the first place? How prevalent is sexism and discrimination in the arts? Let's go back to Monica and ask her about how she feels gender has impacted her experience in the arts, and why she felt so strongly about it that she co-created a festival. I come from a performing arts background as an actor and writer, um, theater producer. Um, primarily, and there is something to be said about seeing, you know, ultimately your your male friends, your cis white male friends, um, do crew get get opportunities easier. They are more inclined to um, be offered roles very quickly or um, be be heard in a rehearsal room, um, and uh, these these are really important things to. That, that a person just kind of takes stock of over your artistic career. And uh, it wasn't really until I, I started working very closely with um, my collaborator for my own theater company that we really started discussing some of these issues and um, recognizing that there are just things that aren't the same. And I recognize, you know, for myself, I, I do have my own privileges absolutely so even when a person like myself who is white who is cis who identifies female as I was born um when even I am struggling in this industry that's not okay you know that seems <laughs> totally nuts so um so yeah so in my own experience it's definitely been just recognizing the the extra work that a person has to do to try to achieve success because they're just ultimately you know more young women who who want to be actors like me or want to um you know be heard and the percentages you know there's just <laughs> less opportunities i mean definitely these are voices that have not been uh traditionally prioritized um myself i'm a theater artist so i'm i'm very familiar with you know in in live theater, also TV, film, you know, um, we're so familiar with seeing, you know, the the dashing man figure, um, which is cool. It, it, you know, it, it's not to diminish, you know, male artists or not, you know, otherwise gender identifying artists in any way, but those voices have been heard and been heard a lot. Um, so it, it does mean a lot to me to see, um, art from these artists that is also not exclusively about the experience of their gender identity. Um, you know, we're not a festival that, you know, exclusively wants to see, you know, um, yeah, work, work that is just obviously your, your gender identity, your lived experience impacts the work you create, but it's really cool to see um, art that can also just be art, can also just be humor can also bring joy, can also have a message all at the same time. 
gender is a huge part of a person's identity, so it's always going to inform the art people create. But it doesn't have to be the main theme. Art can focus on a variety of aspects of a person's identity, as is the case with our next guest, Chelsea Fawcett. Chelsea is a playwright and director who will be presenting her new play, Haram, at Uproar this year. Haram is focused on her experience as a belly dancer, an art she pursued for many years. I've decided to speak with her to find out about her new play, Haram, her experiences with Uproar, and how gender has impacted her decisions as a playwright and producer. It felt like because they were looking for new works, uh, specifically from women, uh, or it just felt like I like I, f I felt eligible and I felt like it was possible to be uh, heard and seen with through their mandate. So that was that was what was um, most appealing to me. And then what was also interesting to me is that they had uh, it seemed like from the stuff they have curated in the past, it feels like they have um, particular agendas and um, types of art that they work with that I feel like the work that I create also fits well with um, points within uh, liberalism and feminism uh, for uh, minorities as well as um, uh, underrepresented community groups. So that's that's stuff that aligns with my artistic voice, and I wanted to um, apply because I, I felt I felt like it was um, a great opportunity. So. Haram is a story that has been five years in the making. Um, in a previous life, <laughs> my younger self, I was a professional dancer, mo mostly within the Middle Eastern communities. I've danced at weddings, um, retirement parties, birthdays. Uh, I've uh, traveled the world um, performing and teaching belly dance. And um, haram is the Arabic word for forbidden or sinful, if you will. Um, so this is a dramatized women's show about the darker sides of belly dance and the entertainment industry. And so many of the stories are from my own personal experiences, but are also collected stories that have been dramatized for a, for a stage performance um, from belly dancers from around the world. And uh, it's a very exciting, very vulnerable piece. Um, but I think it's a narrative that doesn't really get explored that much, especially in, in uh, the belly dance community. All we see is this glamour of sequins. Um, but there is a darker side to that. And I'm looking forward to uh, sharing that with an audience. Many people will hear about uproar and automatically associate the festival and all of its artists with the feminist movement or feminist ideas, which is of course not entirely wrong. It is a festival promoting equality across all gender identities as its main mandate. But that doesn't mean all of the art at the festival is going to be a feminist statement. Much of the art is just cool ideas from local artists, from the perspective of those artists. Not everything needs to be a statement. Sometimes it's just about hearing a range of voices and learning about other people's experiences. Um, I feel like at the core of what I do is I just want to tell stories. Um, that's all I've ever wanted to do with my whole life is just tell stories. And um, I feel like some themes have developed throughout the years, um, particularly with my work. I find that most of my uh, work revolves around female characters and the, chal and the challenge between um, 
uh, stereotypes, but I've also done a lot of work with creating plays that have uh, ambiguous gender neutral casting opportunities. So I deliberately try and create pieces that are flexible and malleable based on uh, creating open opportunities for anyone to be able to be involved. When you're in the theater scene or when you're casting for shows, uh, the biggest thing is that you'll you'll always, we, we see this in dance as well, where there is a, a larger graduate of um, women in, in the arts than there are men. And uh, there have been, a P, the PGC, the Playwrights Guild of Canada, actually released a 2016, I believe it was 2016, uh, national census about this where more than 50% of arts graduates are women, but yet hold about 30% or less, sometimes less than 30% of the um, director and administrative positions. And um, what I find from my side is that the more open the casting can be, the more selection you have uh, to create a story that maybe you didn't um, anticipate being able to create. Systemic challenges have long been present in the arts, and it's evident from the numerous events and movements fighting against systemic barriers that it's time for a change. Festivals like Uproar and DIY Spring, featured in our second episode, are only a few of the many events in Ottawa trying to showcase a broader range of voices in the arts. And though festivals like Uproar are an important first step, like Chelsea said in the very beginning of this episode, they're only a starting point for many artists. One of the many reasons these festivals are important is the fact that they are niche events. They give artists working with more experimental styles and themes to showcase their work. Sure, Uproar is a festival for women and non-binary people, but the art showcased here isn't necessarily focused on gender, it's about outside-of-the-box ideas. So what does gender have to do with creative, risk-taking art? Why is art that's outside of the mainstream so common at festivals like Uproar? Everyone's experience informs the things they create, like Chelsea and Monica have mentioned. But when we only or mostly center male voices, mainstream art becomes inherently, if only subconsciously, centered on and catering to men. When we center different voices, women and non-binary people, people of color, minorities from all kinds of backgrounds, the result is art that is inherently different from the mainstream. Experimental? Outside of the box? Risk-taking? Sure, but what that really tends to mean isn't just that these shows are totally crazier outside of the box, it just means they center different themes than we're used to. Imagine if more festivals were like Uproar. Not if we had more festivals like Uproar, but if more festivals chose to showcase art by different voices. What would happen if we really started incorporating these voices into the mainstream? Uproar has given women and non-binary artists a space and the freedom to create and share their art in any medium they choose, and will continue to fight for representation for years to come. Stay with us as we explore how festivals are innovating, risk-taking, and creating meaningful change during this crazy time. Don't miss the next episode of Festivals 101, when we'll be doing a special French-language episode featuring the Festival Franco-Ontarien. Oui, c'est correct. Pour notre dernier épisode du podcast, nous allons explorer le festival franco-ontarien entièrement en français. Je vais parler avec les directeurs du festival et un de leurs artistes talentueuses pour découvrir pourquoi leur programmation est si unique, comment ils ont gagné tant de popularité et, 
et pourquoi le festival encourage aux gens d'être fiers de leur francophonie. If you'd like to find out more about Uproar or attend the festival online this year, head over to their website at uproarfest.ca or any of their social media pages. You can find out more information on how and when you can attend performances, as well as information on all of the amazing artists showcasing their stuff this year. Don't miss out! That's all for this episode. This is Liz A. signing off for now. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next time.